Welcome to the Today in the World podcast for Friday the 5th of February 2021. I am your host Uncle K and today Biden talks tough on Russia and China, vows to reclaim moral leadership and defend democracy. Nigeria closes the accounts of all banks trading in cryptocurrency. Indians urge their government to reconsider their newly introduced crypto ban and Pfizer withdraws its application for emergency use in India as they can't provide the data to back up its safety. Here's what you missed today in the world. Now, whilst I really don't enjoy talking about this subject, like everything else I speak about on the podcast, if it's relevant, then I just have to speak on it. RT reports that Pfizer has withdrawn its application for COVID-19 vaccine emergency use in India after regulators request more data. The US-based drug maker said that the decision was taken after a meeting with an expert panel from India's state regulator on Wednesday. Pfizer's spokesperson said in a statement, Based on the deliberations at the meeting and our understanding of additional information that the regulator may need, the company has decided to withdraw its application at this time. The company added that it will resubmit its approval request with additional information as it becomes available in the near future. Of course, me being who I am, knowing the criminal history of Pfizer, thought that this was just some really good news. You know, it's a good sign that even though Pfizer have used the term emergency use in their application, the Indian government hasn't allowed themselves to be hoodwinked into believing that That somehow means that extensive clinical data and testing is not necessary, you know, or that they don't need to back up these claims of their efficacy rates. Sleepy Joe Biden addressed the world yesterday. On one hand, he is recognizing America is not the superpower it once was, withdrawing from the war in Yemen. Then on the other hand, he is still hinting at a possible reformation of some kind where the US will probably look to continue its many hidden agendas, just in a slightly different way. I gotta be honest, reading this article from RT, I was just laughing to myself as Biden vowed to confront the enemies of democracy globally while seeking to reclaim America's moral credibility and leadership in LGBT and climate change issues. Early on in the speech, it was just so funny at how He seems to be trying to cling on to this, you know, little power that the US has left, while at the same time posing as some sort of victim. Open quote, American leadership must meet this new moment of advancing authoritarianism, including the growing ambitions of China to rival the United States and the determination of Russia to damage and disrupt our democracy, close quote. I mean, even with the lack of evidence gained from the multiple investigations into Russian interference with elections and various cyber attacks that they have been claiming, he also said, open quote, we will not hesitate to raise the cost on Russia and defend our vital interests and our people, close quote. If by raise the cost, he means more sanctions, I'm really confused about how he thinks that's going to work. It's like he hasn't realized that sanctions against all of Americans' enemies have really just backfired. The more they do this, the more these countries learn to stand on their own two feet and provide for themselves without the need of outside influences. Now, it seems one of the new angles I'm talking about where, you know, there's going to be this reformation of foreign policy, it it looks like it's going to be about uh, nuclear war, which I really doubt is a real possibility because this isn't a new phenomenon. This was 
highly discussed before my time during the Cold War, and there's an obvious reason why it didn't happen. It's just basic survival. Nuclear war would mean the end of the Earth as we know it, and although Biden may be crazy and he's sleepy and all of that kind of stuff, I really doubt he will get the support for it. He said, Washington must also engage with its competitors diplomatically, pointing to an agreement between the US and Russia to extend the New START treaty, saying it's the only remaining treaty between our countries safeguarding nuclear stability. And on the subject of nuclear war, a US admiral is backing up what Biden is saying. Reading an article from antiwar.com, it said, The head of the US Strategic Command, Stratcom, warned that a nuclear war with Russia or China is a real possibility and is calling for a change in US policy that reflects this threat. Open quote. There is a real possibility that a regional crisis with Russia or China could escalate quickly to a conflict involving nuclear weapons. If they perceived a conventional loss would threaten the regime or state, close quote. He said... The US military must shift its principal assumption from nuclear employment is not possible to nuclear employment is a very real possibility and act to meet and deter that reality. Knowing the best way to get things done is to scare the hell out of people, the Stratcom chief said Russia and China have begun to aggressively challenge international norms and global peace using instruments of power and threats of force in ways not seen since the height of the Cold War. So, this is obviously going to be the new angle for the US, and with the history of failed wars from America recently, I'm not sure these new policies to reflect this supposed threat will get the backing from the US citizens. Not that Biden actually needs or is asking for it, but it would be nice if they at least pretended that they are, you know, running a democracy over there. Bringing you some financial news now, starting with the crypto numbers as usual. We have Bitcoin trading just under $38,000, up 2%. Ethereum is trading just under $1,700, up 3.5%. XRP is up 4.6%, trading at $0.44. Polkadot is up 2%, trading at $20. Cardano still growing at $0.51. Chainlink is trading at $0.26, up 6%. Litecoin is trading at $151, up 3%. Binance Coin is up 13%, trading at $61. And Bitcoin Cash is up 2%, trading at $430. So today's episode is going to be pretty much about crypto. Um, The reason why is because crypto it's not going away and right now there's a lot of things happening in the world that you know will make your eyebrows just raise a little bit and it's reflective off of the fact that governments really don't want to embrace it and if they don't get their act together soon and just accept that this is what the people want we may well fall into a state of complete chaos and anarchy as a species it sounds dramatic i know but just bear with me and listen to the analysis of it all And maybe by the end of the show, you'll agree or you'll disagree, but you'll definitely have more of an awareness about what's going on right now and where things are heading. So to start things off, let's start with this story. News.Bitcoin reports that Indian crypto exchanges have pulled their resources together and launched a campaign to gain support from as many parliament members as possible 
about the new proposed cryptocurrency regulation that seeks to prohibit cryptocurrencies. The draft crypto bill was first introduced to Parliament a few days ago and it seeks to prohibit cryptocurrencies while creating a framework for the digital rupee to be issued by the Reserve Bank of India. An email was sent to the government members which points out the obvious dangers of this as we discussed a couple of days ago when I first reported on the incident, basically pointing out that the technology isn't going anywhere and by imposing an outright ban would essentially be reversing the massive economic growth India has seen over the last few decades. They point out India has between 10 and 20 million active crypto users in the country, over 340 startups offering crypto services, about 50,000 employees and millions of dollars in venture capital funding. I didn't even know this because I wasn't really watching the news at all before the world, you know, kind of turned upside down. But last year, India had a ban on crypto banking, which they have now since abandoned. The email points out that since lifting the crypto ban, the crypto industry in India has experienced a massive boom and over 20 million Indian citizens have trusted the crypto market by investing in cryptocurrencies. The emails make some other really good points, but the next one I couldn't really agree with. They try to argue that crypto isn't competition to the central bank and that it's just like gold or silver. Now here's the thing. Not so much referring to silver, but gold is definitely competition to any fiat currency, evidenced by the fact that it's been the most reliable form of currency for over the last 5,000 years, more than any other competing currency you could ever even imagine. But to understand this threat a little more, we have to look at the history of currency. So under the presidency of Richard Nixon, when the US began selling gold commodities to different countries when they didn't actually physically have the gold, this led to some huge mistrust in global economic trade and in America. So after a while, countries started to become suspicious that America didn't actually have the gold they were selling and demanded their gold back in the form of, you know, physical bars. Nixon tried to fight against this in a brazenly criminal move by coming off of the gold standard in 1971. In his words, to stop the speculation of the dollar and to restore faith. He then criminalized the stockpiling of gold, allowing the US unlimited power to create more money freely, keeping the rich rich and the poor poor. This is obviously backfiring now as the dollar is dying a very slow and painful death, illustrated by the fact that a $100 bill can't really do much for you now compared to in the 80s, $100 might make you feel like you're, you know, a little baller. So to put a long story short, anything like gold, especially something like Bitcoin, where you can't actually seize it from someone, it's a huge threat to the banking system. However, having said that, I do agree with the next point, hinting that it's not necessarily our money or theirs, you know, it's not either or. The email says, it's incorrect as a belief that RBI creating its own crypto removes the need for other cryptocurrencies. Existing cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ether, etc. have their own specific use cases. Every blockchain needs its own native token to operate. The Indian national, uh, sorry, the, the Indian rupee cannot be used in such cases. The emails go on to urge parliament members to consider that cryptocurrencies are legal and regulated in every major country in the world. One email concludes that implementing positive regulations will put India in the driving seat in the blockchain crypto space. 
It will also contribute significantly to the Prime Minister's goal and vision of becoming a self-reliant India. News.bitcoin.com reports that the popular Nigerian hip-hop artist Davido has sparked off a buzz about crypto assets after tweeting about his intention to start a Bitcoin trading company. Before the tweet, and what's the most likely thing that led him down this path, was that in October 2020, Davido revealed that he entered into a partnership with BitSeeker, a Ghana-based crypto payment firm. As part of the agreement with BitSeeker, Davido, who has more than 8 million followers on Twitter and Instagram, would promote the crypto firm's app. After the start of this arrangement, reports soon emerged that the Nigerian singer's influence had caused a massive surge of traffic to the BitSeeker platform. Now, before I continue, let's look at the future of Africa for a moment. Akon has a huge plan to create a new city in Senegal, using the cryptocurrency Acoin as its main form of currency. Charles Hoskinson, also the developer of Cardano, who is behind the ADA coin, plans to grow Cardano primarily in Africa. The reason why? Because that's where the opportunity is. That's where you have the most unbanked people in the world. You don't need, you know, no bank account, no ID, no proof of address or any of those kind of, you know, limitations that stop people from creating a bank account or that hinder people from doing so. You know, you just need a mobile with an internet connection. Setting up shop in Africa is a no-brainer. People are practically begging for those services right now. Now, get this. In an obvious response to curb the excitement of Davido's possible plans, Coindesk reports that Nigeria's central bank orders banks to close accounts of all crypto users. This is officially economic warfare, very similar to the type I talked about in the 70s with Richard Nixon. But the difference now, especially when you look at Nigeria, for example, is that they have 60 million people with no access to banks at all. So this crypto ban they seem to be implementing is doomed to fail. They don't have the leverage to enforce the fear. People, you know, they don't have anything to lose. Pakistan tried this as well and it backfired heavily, which is why they also dropped the law. You see, the thing is, these regimes around the world, they just don't understand that these kind of totalitarian policies towards crypto means they are just showing how desperate and weak they have now become. And not only that, their refusal to acknowledge that cryptocurrency is what people want is starting to become dangerous as the rule of law is not evolving with the new paradigm and, you know, all of the new laws that need to come with it. Check this out. This story kind of made me chuckle, but it really brings this point home. Coindesk reports that German authorities who seized a convicted hacker's wallet containing over 1,700 bitcoins worth at least $64.7 million at today's prices have hit a brick wall when trying to access the coins. The convicted criminal is refusing to share the password that would allow authorities to access the Bitcoin. The hacker was originally sentenced to an over two-year prison term for installing software on other people's computers without permission in order to mine cryptocurrency. He has now served the sentence and has consistently refused to hand over the wallet's password despite multiple requests. Prosecutor Sebastian Mura told Reuters, we asked him, but he didn't say. Perhaps he doesn't know. I mean, I can't lie to you. What this guy is doing is just theft on a massive scale. You know, he might not have directly stole Bitcoin from anyone, but he obtained Bitcoin in an illegal way. 
And to bring my point home now over my vision that sees complete chaos over the next decades in terms of currency wars, coupled with the lack of up-to-date laws to help us through this period, prosecutors can do nothing about this. Trying to save face, saying that they have made sure the man cannot access the Bitcoin trove after the release without providing any further detail. Now, of course, if governments change their stance of cryptocurrency, we may all agree consensually that, you know, there should be a way to stop these kind of behavior. But since governments want it their way or the highway, there will probably be many more instances like this to come. We've got, uh, we're going into a time where, you know, if you're not clued up, you're going to suffer because this government is showing that it cannot protect you anymore. That marks the end of today's episode. I really hope um, people can kind of see what I'm talking about here because I tend to have a knack of just, you know, I just have a sense of danger when it's coming. And with the news that I'm looking at every day, it seems that governments are really just ignoring what's going on right now. And, you know, they don't seem to care, which means that we're going to have to take care of ourselves, guys. You know, so, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. I'm going to be back on Monday. I need a break, man. I'm so tired. I'm so, so tired. But I've got some new projects coming that I'm working on right now that I hope that uh, people are going to be interested in. I think I know people are going to be interested in it. But yeah, some announcements coming up soon. I'm going to be back on Monday, like I said. Peace. Take care of yourself. Love to you all.